Minus three is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Eagles, Patriots, home team plus five. Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants, home team plus three and a half. Jets hosting the Bills, home team plus one. Hi and hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Minus Three. We're that much closer to the kickoff in week one. Three games that will be played among the 16 available for our eyeballs and hearts are that much closer since last we spoke. Hope you're doing well wherever you are. Behind the glass there is Eddie Spaghetti back from New York. His favorite borough, Staten Island to be specific, and then his usual perch looking out over show business. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? You getting ready for football? Oh, yeah. I'm very excited for, for American football. Uh as we as we uh Yeah, it's soccer. This weekend was uh, all about soccer, huh? Men's uh, yeah. and women's. It's so wild. Um this, you know, that the American women are are polarizing uh because you know two of them don't like police brutality so polarizing like anyway i of course i was rooting for the u.s women as as all great patriots should um and uh and they actually played by far their best game of the tournament the game they lost to sweden but that's nature of the sport sometimes you're the better team and you lose uh it it, it was it's been wild you know Trump, I mean, come on, man. This guy, everyone's got to be embarrassed now, right? The United States is going to hell is his response to the to the U.S. women losing in penalty kicks. Uh, And then so that's the that's the the crazy flank out there. And then on our other side of us to our left is uh, Amy Bass writing a piece for CNN comparing the U.S. women's national team's conundrum to the America Ferreira speech in Barbie, where she says it's literally impossible to be a woman. It's like, well, they lost to a bunch of women. Like, the nice thing about that game was that a a women's team was going to win. Like, it's just, anyway, it it, it seems like the U.S. women's loss has brought out the worst in everybody. Um, Except for our listeners who made money on it, right? Because they were told by yours truly, the U.S. women are not winning the World Cup, even though they were prohibitive favorites. Love them or hate them, Hench has been giving out gems for the last what? At least you've been on a nice little heater here with with um, the future plays. I feel like you've hit on a number of these. Well, well, the uh, the U.S. women did not win. You know, my my rationale was. The, the the old women are too old and the young women are too green. And obviously Mallory Lawson was injured. That was a huge, huge loss. But um my my pick was England, which which is uh is now the favorite. So this so the US to not win has already cashed, and then England to win is still alive. But enough, enough. I don't want to talk about that, but I already Listen, you know what I'm over the moon about, fellas. I, the Pittsburgh Penguins took the big swing and they did it. I can't believe Kyle Dubas, the new GM of my beloved Penguins, swings the deal. He purges almost all of the terrible, horrible, no good contracts that his predecessor, Ron Hextall, made and corrected the Penguins, course corrected them in terms of uh, cap space, but also gave them one of the great offensive stars in the game from the blue line, Eric Carlson. I can't wait to hear your opinion, Hench, because you said for this guy who plays no defense to win the trophy for the best defenseman in the in the NHL is troubling, uh, is a troubling paradox. I'm over the moon. Let me just say this. It's not just that it's a savvy play for right now, getting rid of some terrible contracts that were really... Um, around the neck like an albatross of uh, of Kid Crosby's team going forward for the next few years. It's also that they got Eric Carlson, who, again, had a 100-point year. If you're not an NHL guy, I get it. But that is very, very, very rare in any era for a defenseman to generate um, 100 points. 
And now he joins this team that has had its foot on the gas. And I always say the Penguins are, of course, the most successful franchise in the NHL over the last 30 years. But they have also done it with panache. They've done it in a high flying way that if you like the Edmonton Oilers in the early to mid 80s, this is the brand of puck they play. Not like the Flyers who have their brand, which is bully. The Penguins do it. They it's as though they don't care about uh, about um, good solid defensive play and it's led them to five cups so of course this is that they, they've provided not just winning hockey but an exciting brand i'm over the moon about this trade now go ahead and push back hench and then spaghetti i know you think it's a bad move i don't know who this panache guy is but i'm wondering if he can play on the penalty kill because he can actually defend because of who course, cares Eric they're Carl, gonna win Eric eight seven Carlson is a defenseman who cannot play on the penalty kill because he's such a terrible defenseman. But you know what else I'm thinking about right now? I'm thinking about our listeners who are like, hey, guys, guys, you know, not too much, not too much with the women's soccer. And then Sheck's like, hey, it's August 7th. I know what everyone's talking about. Eric Carlson to the Penguins. Okay, you know what? Water cooler talk about about Eric Carlson to the Penguins. Sheck, a 33-year-old defenseman is not what's going to get your decrepit old team over the hump. Spaghetti, explain. Over the hump. I want to be in. I want to I want them to be exciting for the six months of the season. I already have my three cups. You understand? I'm not like you two. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I am excited because you thought he was going to help them contend. Well, this is as much as that. This is as close as this team can possibly get to being in contention. They should be a playoff team now. They've well, done yeah, that. Maybe, you never know. They could know make that. it from ninth to eighth right. next year. I, 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 this always turns into like attacking other people's teams and you could be, you could throw cheap shots and say, you know, Rangers first round exit, obviously the Bruins season ending in, in miserable fashion for Hench. I'm saying this, like if you're looking at it as a, smart Pittsburgh Penguins fan when you are the oldest roster in the NHL when you're you're lucky if Latang and Malkin play close to a full season you're lucky if Crosby comes back to the level he was last year they're only getting older you add a guy who's 33 he's 10 you're he's a contract 11 million dollars 11 and a half million dollars a year you're paying 10 million of that you're really putting yourselves in cap hell for a future rebuild which is coming sooner rather than later and like Hench pointed out he is terrible defensively and he's been a minus five of the last six seasons he was so bad that two seasons ago he was close to being a cap casualty I mean his point totals last year really it is the outlier for the last few seasons he hasn't hit above 50 since 2017 and then he had you know 45 40 points 22 points 35 points then a 101 on a brutal terrible Sharks team in a Western Conference that like Outside of a few teams, I understand the Golden Knights are obviously a Western Conference team that won, but a lot of junk in the West, and he might may have feasted off of that. The Metro Division is not going to let him feast the way he did. Now, Sheck, if you're happy because you have a star player, do you I have to have that. 100 wanna... points? No, but he fixes the power play. What it is is leaning into what you're already good at and being even better. And now the game is going to be like you're going to beat us seven six Canes and Rags and Devils. Then go ahead and do it. But that's the premise of this team is not to try to to two one anybody. They're just going to try to shoot out. And if nothing else, it's going to be delightful. And don't you see, as I keep saying, and I mean it, at least from where I sit, I'm already in the winner's circle. Now I want some good times for Kid Crosby and company as they head down the final stretch of their collective career. And you're right. Yeah, he's 33. You know who else is? All the guys in all the best players on the team. You're right. They're going to go out as one and we'll start anew. But no worries right now. Right now, this is going to be another edition, a high-end edition of the high-flying Pittsburgh Penguins that hockey fans have presumably enjoyed for 30 years now. It's dynamite. There's no downside. And they purge those terrible contracts is the other thing. I agree with that. They got rid of guys. But you also give them a first-round pick when you're heading into a rebuild. And again, him playing a full season lately in his career definitely is the outlier. This is a guy the last few seasons who kind of hovers around the 50 played game mark. So like I I'm saying as a fan who's cautious for your squad, uh, especially when I do think the Islanders will be in the mix of the playoffs. And I do think that and they were last year and the, and the blue jackets, they're kind of snake bit. I think Babcock actually gets that team fired up with some good players. They kind of would be in the mix too. 
if you have a season where Carlson, Malk, and Latang are playing 50 games, Crosby isn't what he was carrying the team like last year, plus the Jay Gensel injury. I would, if I was a Penguins fan who kind of has some foresight, I would be like, oh man, we're going to head into this rebuild without picks and no cap space. And it's going to be some bad times really soon if you don't make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. It's funny when you already miss the playoffs. You're like, well, the, what are you what are you maintaining like you're like okay we can wring another ninth place finish out of this team like it's like the rebuild should have begun already you know and and it's like so you're staving off this rebuild not for one more run at a title it's like literally one more run at eighth place that is that is not not That is not a top eight team in that conference. You guys have amnesia if you think that if you get into the mix in the Wales conference that it's off the table, that they could make a run at the cup. Why couldn't they when you saw what the Florida Panthers just did uh, a couple of months ago? Of course, it's it's in the cards that any team that gets into the mix could make that kind of a run. The Panthers were the best team in the league the prior year. Mm-hmm. And okay, and the Penguins were and, one and of plus, the best teams two years ago. And but also, Kachuk is the man, and then Bobrovsky became Bobrovsky again, which the Penguins don't have the value at goaltender. You don't know that that's off the table. You would have reason to be excited, but you added a, an old defenseman, an old one-way defenseman who does not take care of his own zone. And as Spaghetti pointed out, gets hurt a lot. Like that's listen, you go play your boring brand in Pittsburgh. We'll stick with the high flying, and they now have two lefty defensemen to pair up with the two long in the tooth, high flying speedsters who like to. Um, mix it up in the offensive zone at least as much as they do in the defensive zone. And that's that. And the idea that they should have started the rebuild and what been like the LA Kings or the Chicago Blackhawks. No, this is sustained success. I don't, they missed the playoffs one year out of 17. That's not, that's not the, the death knell. They are now back on track. They should get into the mix. They're in their thirties. And, and as spaghetti touches on, um, injuries could get in the way of that, but this is the best bet. And if nothing else is going to be a lot of fun in October and November, just like it will be in February and March. And it's kind of stress free. That's going to be definitely fun for me and spaghetti because it'll be a lot of content. Yep. And one last point when, when the trade, I made sure to look at this at a few sports books, when the trade happened before and after the Penn's cup odds did not move at all. So that kind of signifies kind of how everyone feels about it. Well, they're not a high, well, they're not one of the top teams in the league, but there's nothing they could do to change that short of trading one of their uh, legendary big three, which they're not going to do because it's more important to keep that group together. And I as a longtime fan of that, sign off on that. Everybody doesn't in Pittsburgh. Every Penguins fan thinks like they should turn the page and try and get some youth and let Gino Malkin go and, you know, ignite uh, another generation. Not me. I say, hold on like grim death. I am not like Patino sitting there talking to the Celtics media 25 years ago and saying Robert Parrish and Larry Bird aren't walking through that door. I'm right now in 2023 saying, you know, who is walking through that door? Kid Crosby, Gino Malkin, Chris Letang, and their three cups are coming with them. If you don't like that, then move to Calgary. I don't know what to tell you. This is uh, this is the personification of NHL success, and it's done with a consistent style to boot. Even if they had different kinds of teams that kept winning, it would be satisfying, but that they always do it in the most entertaining kind of hockey. What's that? What's to get tied up about you guys go stay with your bum teams that don't win Stanley cups. I'll, I'll embrace mine now. Okay. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit. Shall we tickets to the game, merch meals at iconic restaurants stays at Caesars palace. All this can be yours. When you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. win or lose every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code, Listen up, Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 
21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline ma.org michigan call 1-800-270-7117 illinois maryland new jersey tennessee virginia west virginia ohio pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or west virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The other thing I want to talk about, let's do goat and goat. So my goat is the Pittsburgh Penguins and Kyle Dubas, who absolutely gets it, and then the snap of a finger's pitched, uh, purged all those terrible contracts and got one of the great stars of the last 25 years. You don't have to love him, so but he is one of the great goat. stars. That's a, Oh, shut up. My, <laughs> my, my other one is my other one is, I, I, but it's actually a question as a goat. What are we to make Hedge? I defer to you on this. And then we'll, let's talk some football, uh, some real football, but explain to me as somebody who isn't, you know, invested emotionally in soccer and certainly not the American soccer league. What is Messi doing? This seems great. And I think that American narcissism makes it so that soccer could conceivably land in a more sustained way here because of what Messi is doing. It, it's sort of like New York city mentality. It's like, imagine what a star he would be if he played for our boys. And like, it doesn't really matter as much if it doesn't happen in New York city to a lot of New Yorkers. Um, I feel like Messi doing this against the JV is what could push American soccer across a line that it's never reached before, but it is a man, yeah, men, men among boys, but for real, like this is a little silly, right? This is beneath Messi what he's doing. eh? I don't know about the talent, but I always hear how terrible it is in America. Well, I, I mean, first of all, Spaghetti, are you able to like keep track of like, I Sheck started doing his good goat and then he then asked, I said, this is a goat that seems like he's a goat, okay. Messi, but I don't know because I he don't know how bad goat. are these guys. He how was, bad are these guys? He was going to be, he was gonna be my good goat. Okay, good. But I guess I, yeah, I gave you part of my answer, my good goat. Good. So, 
you know, I mean, we all remember you you were in Chicago when it was happening. Like, like the NBA obviously had fans, like Bird, Bird and Magic, you know, saved the NBA. But like, do you remember when Jordan like was in the finals and then like every chick in the office was like, can't wait to watch the game tonight? You're like, you're watching the NBA finals. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, Michael Jordan was so he's like so transcendently beautiful to watch his athleticism that it just appealed to a whole new demo. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that, that is, is yet to be surpassed. And Messi, I think has that same kind of transcendent quality where you're like, um, I wasn't into soccer you know, two weeks ago. And and now uh, I, I can't get enough of, of this guy who is the goat. And it's interesting, you know, one of the things you, you know, when we would uh, uh, from time to time complain about the live tour before the PGA capitulated, um, you're like, well, who cares? You're playing. What are you doing? You're playing in an exhibition. You're getting money. Um, Messi. So I was I heard the details of how this messy deal had to come about, like how many entities had to get involved to make it make sense. And it's like, whereas Cristiano Ronaldo just said, I'm going to go. I'm going to take all the money in Saudi Arabia. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo just scored a goal for his team in Saudi Arabia. And it's like, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Lionel Messi, you know, came to a, he's come to America and he's going to unlock, you know, every every band in Britain was like, it doesn't matter until you until you come to America. Like, can you can you sell records in America? Can you sell out stadiums in America? And Messi's like, I bet I can do it. And so this this last several weeks has just been insane because guess what? Yes, he's playing against inferior competition, but it doesn't matter who you're playing against when your 30-yard free kick goes into the postage stamp in the corner. Gianluigi Buffon is not saving that. No, no keeper is saving these free kicks. Like, he's transcendent. Spaghetti texted me exactly that. He's like, I don't even care. Giafani Buffon wouldn't have saved that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. So he was like, the, really? Italian, the Italian keeper. I remember that years ago. I remember yeah, that. so it's like, so it, yes, he he must be feeling so young, messy, young and fast. You know, I, this is when, when I was playing on multiple soccer teams out here uh, in L.A., I'd be like, you'd play in the open league against 22 year olds. And you're like, man, whew, I'm losing a step. And then you'd go in the over 40 league. And you're like, nope, I'm fast again. I'm fast. And Messi must be feeling so fast and so fit in, in as, you, as you put it, the junior varsity. But he's paving the way. It couldn't have gone better so far. I mean, you know, it, it, you're not supposed to score two goals every game. That's not how the sport is designed. Um, and so I, I think, you know, but is it like Will Chamberlain playing on the Globetrotters against the Washington Generals kind of effect? Is Ronaldo or I don't know who Messi's uh, pals are in soccer, but are, is he taking calls from Europe or South America being like, what are you doing, man? Come on. It's a, what, what are you embarrassing yourself? Obviously, you're torching those guys. I could do that. Couldn't all the Brazilian guys come up and do this? I don't know how to I don't know how to take it. It seems exciting. I know that it seems like a, a phenomenon. I remember one of my earliest memories. I remember when Pele was playing for in New York. And I remember that kind of like having some buzz. That's all I can basically recall, like seeing them on TV and then picking them up and all that kind of stuff. But this doesn't matter in a competitive sense, right? Like this isn't, this isn't, we don't look back at Messi's career and say like, Oh, he was so good in 23 for the Miami, whatever. But, but, but soccer, it, it, soccer is really the most fascinating sport because it is so international and they're, there is no salary cap globally. Like it's like, yes, you can you can pay a player five hundred million dollars if you have it. And so the the competition that the the M, that MLS is now going to start participating in is if this messy move is lucrative, right? The real success is was it financially sound? Now there's a roadmap to make money to have money. Once, you know, I mean, Manchester United selling a lot of Manchester United kits around the world, they have money so they can afford players. Liverpool can afford players, Real Madrid. So if this works, which it sure seems like it is, 
and they're and and it is lucrative. Yeah, there's no reason those other Brazilians and Argentinians like the America should absolutely be a real soccer market. There's a lot of money here. There's a lot of sports fans here. There's a lot of infrastructure here. And so I, I just think it's it's so exhilarating that a guy who you know is past his prime, but he did just win the World Cup, and now he's unlocking the the big economic engine of America for soccer. It's thrilling, um, you know. And and a lot of these guys, Beckham, uh, you know, Lampard, Gerard, like they, they, there's kind of this thing where you come do your valedictory lap because you want to live in Malibu. And, you know, like, but whatever, you're not you're you're not going to transform American soccer. The fact that Messi is still so good that he's leading sports center uh, is pretty is pretty amazing and, and definitely gets my. Oh, it's interesting. So you think and, and you uh, imagine I mean, it's a time to make your prediction two years from now is American soccer flush with these guys now i don't know maybe not in their prime but just on the back end of it well uh, it'll take longer for the economics to to happen right oh, so i guess like, guys are under contract you know, you know so already, then so. it's like you you know but it's like but getting a getting a whale is good is good business you know if that guy's got some some fuel in the tank and and then once you start making money it can trick i mean people want to live in the states so you have that advantage. Do you, you know, do you want to live in Miami? Do you want to live in LA? Okay. You're not going to have to take a haircut financially now to come play here. Then the middle of the roster can be built out. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, you know, we've been saying it for so long, but Messi unlocking America, the way he unlocks the defense feels like the first real sign that the horizon is closer than it's been, you know, since this. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Wes Anderson filmography, right? It's like okay, Owen, we can get uh, we can get Owen Wilson, we can get the Wilson brothers. Like, oh, George Clooney's going to be in one of our pictures now. Everybody, all the A listers, want to get into that. And now we get Steve Martin and and all the rest of them, and that's basically it, right? And it feels yeah, and like you that. Think, you know, Messi's texting his friends, saying like, "Yeah, I'm having the time of my life." Yeah, Miami's way better. Yeah. I'm dominating and I live in Miami. Um, okay, continue. Okay. So then I've got so many nominees for bad goat. I oh, mean, there's good. so much fun. There's so much bad goatery going on. I mean, look, that's there funny. is all I hear out of NFL camps is that this guy has never looked better. And boy, okay, we, we're NFL, really I mean, uh, we're getting together. Uh, we're real, we're really it feels different. The, the big phrase this year that I'm hearing that I hadn't heard a lot of is that this year feels a little bit different than years past for a whole teams, whole team. There's a different vibe in the locker room this year. And and that's happening for about 29 NFL teams. So look out everybody, 29 teams on track to go to the Super Bowl. Continue. Hench. Well, well, I mean, obviously the Trump is the, is the bad goat of all time in a million ways, but that, that U S women's soccer tweet tr truth social state whatever it that this you know and a guy with a pretty high bar for in insane unhinged that 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 u.s women's soccer tweet this is what happens when joe biden's president that was crazy but i want to say again because we just had him on last week and he was great as usual chris Trump? long oh. chris long was dynamite and uh People who say, like, once you start getting into that kind of stuff, it distracts you from the team and you don't win. As a reminder, Malcolm Jenkins raised a fist on the sideline during the anthem. Chris Long, his white brother, went and put his arm around him. I declared it in the moment, the the photograph, the sports photograph of the millennium. That team went on to win the Super Bowl. So having, uh, you know, the capacity to um to embrace things beyond just football does not necessarily derail you from being good. So I I, I disagree exactly. with the with well, the, well, the true social another, post another nominee is this jackass Alexi Lawless. Okay. So you know Stephen A. Smith, you know, that we all these guys, the bloviators, us, you know, but like, you know, we've got like three fans. We've got like people who like me personally. Like, I like that guy, you know, Breen. Uh, Sullivan, like we, you know, but 
Nobody likes Alexi Lalas. Like nobody. I mean, I played on these soccer teams out here and, you know, there must have been like the rosters must have included like 60 total guys who are who are into soccer, no soccer. Nobody's ever said, oh, my God, that Alexi Lalas can turn a phrase. No one's ever said he's funny. He's interesting. He's insightful. He's just a jackass. He's the worst 100 percent disapproval rate. So he'll just have that gig forever. Why, but I don't know why, because people have heard but he had zany hair and facial hair when he was playing. So that really is how he broke through. If I remember correctly, it was like, who's that guy? He's a he's a fun looking fella. He's and it went from there. Fella. The, yeah, he was he was more fun with the funny hair and beard than when he talks. But anyway, so to your point about Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins, he has to point out that this U.S. women's team is polarizing. And it's like, yeah. The, that Eagles team was polarizing too to, to people who like pr- police brutality, right? Like, why is this U.S. women's national team polarizing? Like, polarizing to people who don't believe women are full human beings. Polarizing, you know, which, by the way, none of the things that bother the U.S. women's team politically bother Alexi Lalas. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that 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 anyway, which would all be forgiven if he ever said anything interesting. So he but believe it or not, just the nominee. I don't another nominee. We can't say enough about the New York Mets. It's just too great. Three hundred and fifty million dollars. And then and then sell, sell, sell and rebuild till 2026. Like it's unprecedented. I I just not even the Eric Carlson signing was as, as disastrous as as what you the guys Mets. are on the wrong side of the Carlson thing. On the we'll Mets see. thing, you're right about what I think. the I, I Maybe it's crazy. I think the Metropolitans were on the wrong side of things with this. They were only at the time that they dealt away Scherzer. I know they stunk, but still, they were only six games back in the wild card. At least the Halos are to be admired for trying. Why do I don't know? I'm not sure I'm clear on what the Metropolitans. Well, it's why they moved on from Verlander and Scherzer at this point. It's funny that uh, that that the the thing that precipitated the whole thing was the David Robertson trade. So Mm -hmm. Robertson to the Marlins, like. I guess the whole thing that really precipitated the entire uh, vehicle exploding was Diaz hurting his leg in the celebration of the World Baseball Classic because Robertson obviously would not have been the closer. And like, if you look at David Robertson's baseball card, like, you know, often an excellent relief pitcher, sometimes elite, but the Mets got a lot more out of David Robertson than they had any right to expect. So on the just the David Robertson of it all, they were selling very high. In, in isolation, that trade could be seen as just a smart baseball move that's not necessarily a white flag because you might be able to find somebody who can give you three outs in the ninth. I mean, Adam Adovino's up and down, but when he's good, he's very good. But the point is, once they did that, Scherzer lost his mind. Mad Max just said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just traded the greatest relief pitcher in the major league history. It's like, no, no, no. We traded David Robertson, who, by the way, is not that good. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm out of here. He went to the media. He's got like, he basically. And so then once he forced his way out, then they really had no choice. Like now, now it's like, let's, it's a fire sale. Everybody knows it's a fire sale. But again, merely, merely a nominee because the winner this week, bad goat. Goat of goats, bad. Eduardo Rodriguez, according to the reports, blocked a trade from the Tigers to the Dodgers. Okay, again, you you talked about it with this live tour. Why do you play sports? What are you doing? It's like, well, I love the sport. I want to make money. I want to take care of my family. Okay, you're wildly rich. You have generational wealth. Eduardo Rodriguez is going to get another huge contract at the end of this season. Do you have any interest in pitching in playoff games? Do you, do you like, do you, do you ever, do you want to win a world series when you were a kid? You know, did did you, did you, you know, throw the ball tennis ball against the stairs and dream of one day um, not having to play on the West coast? I like, I can't even like the, you just go pitch two months for the Dodgers and then you're, 
you're starting in the playoffs. Like I, I don't like, he, I don't even know why the Dodgers were on his 10 teams that he could nix a trade to, but like basically declaring, and he's still going to get paid. He's still going to get a huge contract, but he's basically declaring pitching in the playoffs and winning a world series. Not a priority for me. I, th- when I heard it exactly right. One, it sounds like he, I don't know why he doesn't like the Dodgers. He doesn't like their uniforms. He thinks the red numbers don't make sense with the otherwise white and blue outfit. I don't know why. Or he has a really cool apartment somewhere in Detroit, like with a, like a chocolate river or something in it that he just can't bring up. Why don't guys do that more? Like trade me as a rental. You always hear like he can come back next year, but it almost never happens. That somehow getting traded away hurts people's feelings to the point that they never do wind up back on that team. That's super weird. I completely agree with you that he wouldn't want to go and chase a World Series. And it's not like he's a 24-year-old man either. This would make his career. It's very strange. And the Dodgers are loaded. Right. Except for this thing they need, which is another starting pitcher. And it's like, Oh my God, you would, it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit for you. It's a perfect fit for them. It's a perfect fit for the Tigers to get this return. Everyone's a winner. The skunk at the garden party is like, no, thanks, man. I know everyone would win here, but first of all, I don't like working in October. I got plans. I don't. Is he bullish on the Detroit Lions or something? Is it? Does he have season tickets in East Lansing for Sparty this year? Worse than Alexi Lalas not accepting a trade. I'll do. I'll do you one. That's terrible and disgraceful and hard to defend. I'll give you. I'll give you the the worst goat as it hits me. As we try to accept, I always say, the leverage that the institutions have over progressive sorts in the world of sports is, is that the fan, if they have embraced this league, this sport, this broadcast schedule for the sport that they like, then they just don't want it to change. That's all. Like, that's what free agency people are like, I don't know if I like this. And like, yeah, but on the human level, you understand that a guy should have the right if he's successful to choose where he lives like anybody else does. Like, yeah, I guess I see that. I just don't want change. I'm a fan and I want to I want things to stay the same. What then is the explanation? So change happens when the fan level requires it. You know, the, these baseball games are taking too long and our ratings are plummeting and the gate is going down around baseball. And so we have to change something. And now we have a pitch clock. That's how change tends to happen. What required this mess over the last, this slow, uh, um, slow-mo car crash over the last 10 years in college football? It's been good. So if you're a viewer, you kind of wring your hands and you understand that like all the power is consolidated in about three and a half to five teams. And yet you still enjoy it because of, the 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 weather everybody you see everybody right now like i can't wait for fall football's in the air and i think that helps college football a lot and the marching bands and the uniforms and all that and it's like okay i still have my college football on saturdays and so we've accepted the changes and maybe they've even been made better with the playoff and now everybody wanted the play but what the hell required all this mess the pac-12 is just gone now the ACC is probably going to be gone soon, too. And if you would say that, well, it's because of a dissatisfaction in terms of viewership or people attending the games, then, OK, they have to do something to become to to, to elevate their relevance as we pr- press on here. Like, that's not the case here. What the hell happened to college football? And it, you talk about. I hate to be that guy who just says, like, it's about the money. It's about the money. Like, these guys, just the money grab is so gross and uh, it's sad because I don't think college football is better off like this and talking about the old guy who doesn't want any change. You know what I like about college football over pro football and it's not close, the rivalries. Those feel like they're now going to go out the window and I guess we'll shrug and move on and it's not like I'm going to stop watching college football and five years from now I'll be in front of my TV when UCLA and Purdue are playing the Big Ten championship game and I'm sure I won't be like, this is weird to watch. I'll just watch it and enjoy it. In this moment, though, it feels real gross and more than anything, 
just completely unnecessary. Did anybody out there need for this to happen besides these schools looking to line their pockets? It's a bummer. And that's why it's my go to the week. It is the it is so terrible. I mean, it's somebody who grew up, you know, on Charles White and Marcus Allen. Like, I'm like, what the 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 Pac eight, Pac ten, Pac twelve is gone. It's just gone. I mean, it's yeah, gone. That, Stanford and Cal that, don't have conferences. Like, what that's, that, that is, is not a, a good development. Um, and and the thing is, like, the live thing is so is so sad. But it's like, you know, it's golf. All right. You know, if you're going to if you're going to. That's destroy, right. That's exactly right. You know, if you're going to destroy one thing, let it be golf. But man, college football, that is part of the fabric of, of our of our culture, of our society. And the fact that the the money grab is just eviscerated, uh, you know, the history now, the history, like it's like that's that for for it is. That's well. that's that you just said it right. Because I think that the, what this is going to be, you start to have super conferences, and I guess it doesn't matter. I'm just be, I'm just setting my ways. I love the idea, and as you've heard me say ad nauseum, I love the idea of every week is another chapter. And if you lose, even on September 15th, you've now l- largely lost control of your own destiny. During my lifetime, you've lost control of your ability to claim uh your right to be the best team in the land if you run the table i don't think that can keep going right like if you have that many teams in one conference undefeated is almost never going to happen and we're going to have to adjust our eye like well yeah of course you got to put that nine and three team into the playoff like a three loss team that stinks i don't want no three loss team that's what was great about college football always to me was a, a new year's day was Boy, this is the best of the best. These are the best eight or ten teams in the land, and it, uh, and all hash is going to be settled right now. Now it's just going to feel like a minor league version of pro football in terms of structure, the playoff, and everything else. Right? There's not going to be any regional thing, you know, pride the way there used to be. It's all going to go out the window. And 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 you know, if you did lose those two games in September. At least if you if you beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, right. right? Like you could always salvage your season. Like we beat beat USC, beat Ohio State. Like you can you can be like, hey, we went seven and five, but we cost the we cost them the national championship. Like right, you can still like, but it, there's it just feels like it's going to be impossible get that for these these rivalries to main to to absorb the the realignment like uh, yeah it's 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 awful and you know i'm obviously a a bigger fan of professional football because i like the better players like it's like i it's like i don't I, I, it's all you always get in trouble when you're like well i mean i guess you know just aesthetically i prefer the nba to the wnba it's like oh really why well they're just way better like, so like i watch i like watching professional football players more than, than college football players. But that said, uh, it, it, it does, it does feel sad that this is. Stylistic differences are forced by the region in which you play. You see it a little bit in the AFC North as an example, but you know, college football, that's what I pine for is the, like, you know, the old big eight, they all ran the wishbone and it was who did it best in there. Now, How's that going to do against Miami throwing the ball all over the place? Let's see in the in, on New Year's Day. That's all out the window. Oregon and Rutgers are in the same conference now. Oregon and Rutgers are in the same <laughs> in the same conference. What the hell? What what does that even mean at this point? And then again, I look and I think like, well, I guess the Dallas Cowboys are in the NFC East, and no one ever bats an eye at that. I guess we'll just adjust. But right now, it feels it feels dirty, and I do think. There are some programs that are in some real peril. Cal, Stanford, and you know what I'm worried about, the Pitt Panthers. Where are they going to land in this mess? It's a scary time. Um, Eddie Spaghetti, you're goat and goat. Yeah, I mean, my my bad go was going to be college football, so I'll just keep adding on to that. I mean, I think this is one of the most devastating stories. I'm still almost processing it. And, you know, me as a Notre Dame fan who is an independent school, I'm, I can't even, like, I want to be like, oh, I told you so. And all the all the comments towards me join a conference. It's like, well, now who gets the last laugh? I'm not even in that like 
mind frame to like to gloat about this because it is it's so bad and especially after like we made some advancements in the college game which i thought were good things like specifically with the nil deals like letting college players get paid for their service to the school for the promotions and uh the amount of money they bring into these schools and then you go take two steps back like you're mentioning check with like oregon and Rutgers being in the same commerce think about the kids having to like travel now when you have these schools in the West coast and you're playing a big 10 schedule and it just, it's going to change so many things. I don't even think it really helps these lesser schools because when you're these big time recruits, when you're these upper four stars, these five star recruits and you're looking around the landscape, you're like, am I going to want to go to one of these schools that's playing way, way far away from where the, the school is located in a different conference? Or am I just going to continue to go to the school? The, the mainstay is the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Michigans, the Ohio States. They're never going to change from that now because at least those schools are solidified in those major conferences in the SEC and the Big Ten, which are only going to grow stronger and more powerful. And, and to see the, the Pac-12 get down to the Pac-4 of just Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, and Wazoo, I mean, it's pretty sad to see there's no teams, and especially no powerhouses left uh, on the West Coast here. And then the Big 12 adding a, a boatload of schools like – why and then we just adjusted this uh college football playoff and a lot of these conferences now like there there really shouldn't be any more automatic bids because why are you going to give a free bid to a conference that has a bunch of garbage in it uh whereas then you have a school you know these schools who may have three or four losses they may have three losses to top five teams because they're all in their conference that's what i'm saying but that to my eye will look weird to somebody who's a lot terrible it's terrible and i think it's going to hurt them too so i I just don't see what the path forward is here to make it well here uh, let me let me float this to you if the acc but it feels like with florida state trying to get out of it that that's going to disrupt it. But, you know, if you would, now Pac-12 is gone and that's sad. If the Big 12 or Big, I don't care which conference it is. If you just had four power conferences, then it would be like, um, you know, like watching college basketball's tournament. You know, you would just have four regions and each provides its champion. And then there's a final four. I would sign off on that, but you can tell that's not where it's headed. It's going to further reduce now. Is it going to be like, is the Big Ten ultimately going to be the AFC and the SEC is going to be the NFC? And that's how Mm -hmm. it's going to play out. And they're just going to like the two, the two champs of the two conferences are going to meet for the title game and they'll have to settle their hash in their own conferences to to deliver that champagne for the title game. I feel like that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, except again, then you get away from all the regional distinction and that's what makes college football better than pro football on that level, at least. All right. Good go spaghetti. My good goat, I'm staying with football, but I'm going to go to the pro game. And this uh, past weekend, they had the, uh, the the can, the Hall of Fame induction. Joe Thomas, from my eyes and seeing on Twitter, kind of stole the headlines there. But Darrell Revis, um, you know, I'm a Giants fan, but I was lucky enough to go to, uh, you know, Jets games uh, up until I really went to college. My dad had tickets and just having a soft spot for the Jets and just seeing what Darrell Revis brought to that team and seeing how big of an impact. It's weird when you go to games now, for the most part, 98% of fan bases, you're rooting for, I can't wait to see the quarterback, can't wait to see the star running back, maybe a top receiver. But to see, you know, go to East Rutherford and go to what, you know, was Giant Stadium and see everyone wearing green number 24 jerseys with like, or Revis Island t-shirts, like he was the the heart and soul, the star player of that team. And he was so good. And I'm not even sure right now in the league, there's a guy, I mean, the closest guy maybe to him up and coming is Sauce Gardner, which is pretty funny. Um, but he was just so good, you know, back in the day, shutting down, whether it was like a Steve Smith or a Chad Ojosinko or all those guys, like it would always, the stat lines of those receivers would be so laughably bad. Um, and he was really what caused the Jets to get to those, you know, those back-to-back title games. And, and especially when they had some pretty poor quarterback play, um, he was just so good. I feel like he kind of was robbed almost of that defensive player of the year over Charles Woodson. Woodson had the gaudy numbers. Revis, like, you know, to how good he was, he was not getting thrown at. So he didn't have the ability to make a ton of interceptions or a ton of pass breakups because it was like there was just no reason to look at that side of the field. He was a true shutdown corner. I remember the draft that he was. I knew him more as like the kick uh, uh, punt returner from Pitt. More he made so that than the, famous the cornerback. Uh, punt return against West Virginia. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I knew him from, from that. I'm like, oh, man, the Jets are really going to try this out, this kind of hybrid player. And uh, was I wrong? Because he, he was really as good as it gets and uh, just a humble guy and also left the Jets, obviously went to Tampa quickly. 
athlete, went to the, the Patriots, then back to the Jets, still pro bowler in all those seasons. So, I mean, he had uh, a fantastic career. So hats off to him. It was a, it's a pretty funny. Play. It is funny that he won in the midst of all that. And he, he won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty funny. The thing with yeah, Revis. Real quick on Revis. Yeah. This, it, I remember with Pudge Rodriguez, they just got to a point where it's like, hey, guys, uh, nobody tries to steal second because it's 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 pointless. Like you, like you will get, he will, you will get thrown out stealing. Um, and with Revis is like the game plan would literally be like, well, obviously we, we can't throw at this guy at all. And those, those players that actually change the way the game is played are pretty rare. So yeah, Revis Island uh, was, was, you know, and then, and then the receiver who was, was out there with Revis on Revis Island was like, I guess I can just jog around. I don't really have to. I, I mean, no was was silenced. If you missed the Revis prime, that's exactly right. It was, you can't throw in his direction. And I remember Romo once challenging that premise and getting pick six real quick on that. Like you can, you just don't throw to his side of the field, wherever he is. I remember I was once in New York city um, for some live shoot thing. And um over the course of a few hours, Joe Namath came in and then like an hour later, Darrell Revis came in and I got to sit with each guy for about like a half an hour and was just yapping with them in the green room. And I was talking with them about pro football, and whatever. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of on cruise control, half listening. And then I brought up Western Pennsylvania football and their high school uh, years the quips and the and beaver falls for broadway joe and they lit up it kind of is what we were talking about with college football but even more so the high school years for these all-time legends rank number one i feel like for these guys when it gets into business and all that stuff they I, i'm talking to i don't know how old he was at the time 70 something joe named he's like let me tell you something about beaver falls i went back there the other day i watched and we lost to the quips and i was like we can't have that joe name talking to him about that and revis lit up about quips football where ty law followed in his footsteps and so many legends have it was a neat experience for me yeah tip of the hat to uh to regional legend and now uh, global legend in pigskin, Darrell Rivas. And now a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, now I have one. I I have. Uh, I know you threw out some lines at the at the at the top of the the show, and uh, we got a lot of hate from Bills fans because we we think yeah the, they were uh, upset about that. The, the regression is coming. Well, you hate them. You said eight wins for them. Sheesh. Yeah. Well, well, listen, we're gonna we won't have to wait long. Kind of like when Eric Carlson is minus five in week in in the first game of the season, we won't have to wait long to find out if the the Bills have regressed in week one against the Jets. I, uh, when the time comes, I, I think I will be picking the Jets in that game. But for right now, do you? Okay, okay. Spaghetti, spaghetti might push back on this. The Yankees are plus four fifty to make the playoffs. Okay, now they got to make some hay. Obviously, uh, the Jays are going to be tough to reel in. But the Yankees are a six hundred team when Aaron Judge plays. That's that's their that's their winning percentage. When Aaron Judge plays, like that's their actual team. They have seven left with the Tigers. For some reason, they have three left with the Nationals. For some reason, they have three left with the Pirates. Um, they also, 
end the season with two against the Royals. And they have seven left with uh, the Red Sox who have completely surrendered. So not a guarantee by any means, given that they, that they have to leapfrog a couple teams. But if the Yankees play 600 against some very weak sisters in the American and National Leagues, it's that's a pretty good return. And if Aaron Judge stays healthy for the last seven weeks, they are going to play 600. That's that's the track. I kind of agree. I think that it's easy to get doom and gloom about where you figured you would be and that you haven't met that standard and then throwing your hands in the air and be like, well, this is a lot. Look at the standings. I am completely with you. And that's what I my point about the Metropolitans, too. They, they had these two stud pitchers. Who knows? They might have uh, reeled off a bunch of wins. I mean, the Angels the just proved like it, a week can just end your season. I mean, uh, you know, Bichette is hurt for the Jays. And it's like that's a that's a gut punch. Sometimes those gut punches are one, two punches where right. he does come back and sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Anderson hurt his knee in April for the White Sox. And he and 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 I mean, it wasn't it wasn't his worst injury of the year that was getting knocked out by Jose Ramirez. But uh, I, by the way, I know I know people have pointed it out, but he throws right. He bats right. And he just comes out in a wide open southpaw stance. I, it was the crazy. It was like, like, um, you're not switching to southpaw to throw him. You're just literally opening to his strong hand to get knocked out. It it was a it was a pretty shocking. I guess Timmy Anderson hasn't been in a lot of fights. Uh, but anyway, that so- was that was a stunner because it was such a weak mitt that hit him. That's why I was like, wait, he just turned his lights out for a second there with that that little like almost uh it was like a damsel in distress with taking a white glove off and slapping him across the face and because tim anderson two seconds before like uh oh the other guy's in trouble this guy knows what he's doing like he held the fists up like he was a bare knuckle brawler or something like uh oh this guy. <laughs> like in a movie when the guy does that uh, you realize oh he knows how to fight um that was crazy hench before you go two things quickly Patriots, I mentioned it at the top. Eagles laying five to your Patriots. That number seems fishy to me. Shouldn't that be shouldn't shouldn't the defending NFC champs um be given more points than that to the Patriots? Uh, what do you think you of know, that one? I, I uh the Eagles really, you know, as you I, I kept thinking betting against the Eagles last year and then and then learning my lesson you know when they would it would be 17 14 going to the fourth and then they would just they would just put it on teams so uh you know I I don't know if you guys follow I'm sure you do that is Warren sharp like just is a sharp guy and so you know every few days he has the position the the top you know position rankings you know and so like I just laugh at the Patriots you know, it's like, oh, gosh, where where is the Patriots receiver group? Um, you know, and I scroll and I scroll and I scroll Eagles receiver group. Number one, Patriots receiver group, I think, was 28th. So just take the way the game is played. You've got the number one receiving core in the league. They've got the 28th receiving core in the league. Yeah, I don't think five. I get it, but those numbers would have been the same outside of the Randy Moss, Welker, couple of years there. That would have been true when they were winning Super Bowls too. I I mean, I'm inclined to take New England. What's different? What's different? Well, you're the one telling me that Belichick is is uh, his status as the greatest coach of all time is not in any jeopardy. I think you're pointing to twelve is the reason why. Anyway, I. I'm tempted right now. Thank goodness we have a few more weeks. But right now, I would take the Patriots. That's fishy. They're all, they're only plus five against the Eagles. That seems weird to me. Last thing for you, Hench, is because it was thrown out to me a couple of weeks ago, and I meant to ask you. Let's see if you can uh, keep up. Mark Price was the point guard on those high end Georgia Tech teams, the one in '85 that made a deep run. Who was the two guard? All right. Um, well, I believe Dwayne Farrell was the small forward on that team. Look how good he is. Look how uh, good he is, Eddie Spaghetti. Go ahead. Dennis Scott on that team. He might have been he might have been on the team, but he wasn't uh central to their success. Brian Oliver. Boy, I, you know what? 
those aren't the correct answers, but you've proven yourself to me. Yeah, John Sally was uh, was mixing sure. it up in the pivot, and um, you had Craig Neal um, coming off the bench, the lanky uh, white guy with the big flowing blonde hair. The correct answer is Bruce Dalrymple, and as Spaghetti can attest, I was asked that question, and off the cuff, I said Bruce Dalrymple. It was an impressive moment, wasn't it, Spaghetti? Now I now this is because I'm Wayne Farrell though was pretty good. Uh, uh, I should have gotten Bruce Dalrymple um, for for uh, for a lot of reasons, but one thing because we're talking about the collapse of of college football, and like, I mean, we all kind of knew how you might get a guy from New York City to come play at Georgia Tech, and it's like now I'm wistful. For those days, like, hey, now you have the, you know, the the Nash, the, the, the image and licensing and everything. And then and now the conferences are all mixed up. Like, you know, whatever happened to a brown paper bag of cash, the good old days where mm. like when you look at those Georgia Tech teams, like, how are you doing this? What is the sales pitch? This is so nuts. But Bobby uh, Kremen throwing those teams yeah, out there. I, I never and, ne- and they never won at all, but they were always fun and, and competitive, um, you know, in, and when they didn't really have any right to be given the blue bloods that were, were going after those players. I, yeah, I love those yellow jacket teams. Um, awesome stuff as always, Hench. We'll, uh, we'll kibitz with you next week, by which time we'll be one week closer. By the way, one last thing to think about here as you head out. We covered the AFC East last week, and next week, let's pick well, let's pick it right now. What division should we cover next week when the three of us get together? Let's let's circle it now. Even as a matter of fact, we're getting so close, maybe we should tackle two divisions and give you all our best plays in that division. Let's do it right now. Well, let's do, let's take, let's do, I feel like we've talked so much about my division. Let's talk about your guys' divisions. Okay. Uh, well, let's do AFC, AFC North and uh, NFC East. Perfect. Mark those down, Spaghetti. Here's the last thought for you. The thing I keep saying, like, I can talk myself into almost every AFC team if I keep them in a silo and don't consider that they have to beat a bunch of good teams to get to the postseason or a winning record even. Again. Are the Patriots that da- I really like this Patriots team. I get your cynicism, but I really like them. I don't like Mac Jones, but the way they're built and what Belichick wants to do. And with Bill O'Brien, I kind of like them um, this year, but I can't talk myself any higher than fourth place for them. I mean, who's going to stink so bad that they're going to be behind the Patriots this year and not the Patriots are going to stink. So fascinating. Hey guys, thing. Hey guys. I just want to tell you, I like you. I like what you're doing. I love the defense. I got you pegged in last place. I got. I was right. That's how good the AFC is. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna give me a shot. You're like you got them in the same place. I got them. We yeah. think the Dolphins are gonna stink. They're not. No. No gets hurt. You think the Bills are gonna fall uh, off a cliff? They're not. Even if you think they're gonna not be as good as they've been the last couple of years, and then Aaron Rodgers. And that Jets roster is too good to just be an abject embarrassment unless things get real, real sideways. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, the Patriots are going to finish last and they're still going to be a good team. That's yeah. my final thought for you. Go right. hit the picket line. There he goes, everybody. The great Kevin Hench. Eddie Spaghetti, what do you say? We wrap it up here? I think so. I'm still toiling in my head about Hench's Yankees playoffs. That's right. There, um, that one I'm going back and forth on because I hear what he's saying. They're playing, you know, the 600 ball with with Aaron Judge. Uh, but I think the Yankees' idea going into the season was just to have as many uh, available pitchers, whether it's starter or reliever. Obviously, that's what they did at the deadline too, picking up, um, you know, the the reliever from the, the White Sox. But then having the injury to Rodon, and then the question mark with Herman with the armpit injury, and then Severino has just not been right the whole year long, and they have barely used Frankie Montas. It's really just been Cole. Luckily, Nestor's back, and he looks pretty good, but. Um, if this pitching staff that was supposed to be the strength is not going to be that, and they're relying too much on the bullpen, that to me reeks uh, of a future disaster and the offense you cannot count on. So that's when I'm, I'm, I'm probably right now. I will go against Hench. I, I don't feel great about the Yankees, but I, I understand where he's coming from. And you are though mentioned at the very top giants at home plus three and a half. You're taking them all day, right? I, I Over am. the Cowboys. I knew, I, I know you are. 
it's the I'm not looking for I'm way I'm looking forward to talking about your division next week, not looking about talking to mine because I feel very uncomfortable giving praise to uh, a team that I I have I'm I'm way more bullish on them than a lot of other people, but I I guess I am falling victim to reading and listening and watching stuff from training camp. But man, oh man, like the pieces that Joe Shane added and just how good Dayball is and just everything I've seen about Daniel Jones, like I in a weird year for the NFC uh, and especially the NFC East, I, I think that the Giants really could take a step here and be a, a surprising team. And I, hey, I do think hey, that hey, hey. save it, friend. Yeah, we're doing NFC East next week. You can, but yes, I like it. Three and a half at home. I do too, kind of. It's interesting. They're gonna. I I don't think. I think the. You know, again, I'll save it. But I do think the Cowboys could have done a little bit more this off season. Um, and I still think the Eagles widen the gap almost. But um, I think the Giants are gonna be neck and neck with them. All right, we're that much closer to that kickoff. College football's on the way. Sad as it may be, it's going to be fun once things kick off there. We've got another episode upcoming for you this week. Make sure you're subscribed and sharing it with your friends, all the rest of it. So until that show, for Eddie Spaghetti and Kevin Hench, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.